0: Hello, oh, hello, and welcome to another episode of Putting It Together. This is the Creative Conversations podcast. Do you hear that we that we turn on my voice there that told you I'm a bit tired? Isn't that something? Uh, how are you? I hope you're well. This is Brian O'Sullivan here, and welcome along to Putting It Together. It's uh, it's my favourite time of the week, sitting in front of this mic. So it is it often is just the tonic that I need just to sit here and. Uh, have a wee think about what's happening, reflect for a second on how the week's been and also bring you a new guest. My guest today is Neil Packham, an amazing guy with an amazing story. I'll tell you more about that in a minute. Um, I want to tell you, first of all, how you can support the podcast because this is really important. I'd love you to follow us on social media. You can do it on Twitter uh, and Instagram using pitccpod, P-I-T-C-C-P-O-D. And you can search Putting It Together on Facebook. Um, They're dead easy and free ways to support the show. Just by following us and even better, give us a wee share, a retweet, add it to your story. Tell people you're listening to the show. Tell us what you love about it. It really does help. Um, And if you'd like to support this show financially, you can do that by going to the website, TogetherCast.com, and clicking on donate. Some people give a pound a month, two pound a month, three. Some people give a fiver and some people just do a one off. Um, I don't mean just as in only, I mean uh, that's the way they do it, (laughs) and they do a wee one-off donation, uh, sometimes a 10 or 20 quid, which is a beautiful thing, and it helps with the running cost of the show, which as you can imagine, um, they're not nothing, Um, it's been expensive putting this kit together, and uh, as you know I'm very keen on excellent sound, and that doesn't come cheaply either, so if you'd like to support the show and you think this is a product that's worthwhile, Um, then do that go to puttingittogethercast.com and click on the yellow donate button thanks very much by the way to people who already donate and to Cole Stewart who is the assistant producer producer extraordinaire I don't even know what his title there is no title that contains the wonder that is Cole Stewart but he is a wonder and um his work on this show is very much appreciated. So thanks Cole, and thanks everybody who supports the show in any way that they do. So, what else am I gonna tell you? I'm gonna tell you that this week's play at Oranmore Moore is an important one for us, because last week we had the writer of it, Cathy Ford, on the show. So if you refer back to last week's episode, number 260, you can hear Kathy Ford talking about her play, Hello In There. And that runs this week at Play, A Pie and A Pint until Saturday the 14th of May, 1 o'clock every day. And your ticket price includes a pie and a drink. It's directed by the amazing Joe Douglas, a dear friend of mine, and the cast includes Annie Grace, George Drennan and Douglas Russell. This is sure to be an excellent play. Um, there's no doubt at all that Cathy Ford is an excellent writer and this is um, a very true-to-life story. It's based on our own experiences. You, you heard her talking about it on the show last week. And, uh, you know, great director, terrific actors. What more can you ask for? So that's The and Moore, Play A Pine A Pint this week. Only this week until Saturday the 14th of May. So do get down there. I'm looking forward to seeing it myself, probably on Saturday actually. Um, so yes, now it's time for today's guest, Neil Packham who's the Citizens Theatre Community Drama Director, um, which is a bit of a mouthful, um, and just an all-round class act. I'd never met Neil before, although I kind of feel like I have. Maybe I have, I don't know. Um, but I'm always fascinated, as you know, with people's stories with what brought them to the point that they're at now with the stuff that transpired that that made things happen the way they did and um I constantly ask people about what what they were like when they were young you know what made them want to be in this business and I find it particularly fascinating when people aren't actors uh, aren't currently actors because that's so much my kind of day-to-day that I can be kind of blinkered almost by that um having the actor head on so I love talking to people from different disciplines and it always gives breathes new life into these conversations for me and Neil is is absolutely um an example of that so we'll hear more about his story as the episode goes on I don't need to tell you because he's about to tell you but a fascinating guy a guy with a true passion for engaging people from all walks of life in theatre and art and isn't that of course what it's all about a guy with amazing um an amazing history amazing reference points and just an, a, a terrific journey to get him to where he is now so I also have to thank Cole for this because Cole uh, is the person who looks out uh further than I do and says we, sh- we should have this person on and let's have this person on and he's I mean Probably more ambitious than me, or certainly more organized. So he's away, spoken to Neil, you know, and he gets guests like Neil into this studio, which is something that, um, sometimes my head doesn't quite stretch too because I'm just trying to get an episode out every week anyway blah 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 you don't need to know about all this all I'm telling you is it was great to have Neil as a guest I hope you're going to enjoy this conversation as much as I did and and my thanks going to, to the amazing call for making it happen so there you go there you go it's about time we heard from Neil isn't it the amazing Neil Packham he's my guest he's with me and we are putting it together
1: No, I was listening to the uh, the Kirsty Street interview, and uh, she said she was group 41, and then I was thinking I was group 19. <laughs> that was like 1980 something. I
0: bet that made you feel a bit. Oh, strange. It, it definitely made me feel. <laughs>
1: I think I, I think I was chatting to Kirsty when she was doing what show was she doing at the Sets. Duchess. Duchess, yeah, Yeah. when she was doing Duchess. And I think we found that little thing just for a moment of like, oh, you went to Drama Centre. And how it's moved on and quite sad, you know, to hear that it's sort of closing down. Yeah. And Everybody had different experiences at Drama Centre. I I might say that I struggled at Drama Centre. Right. It was the place that I wanted to go to because I was really into that whole idea of method and oh yeah the whole method thing was great I'd read a a book and that was like oh this is the thing to do I've read a book now I've I've read a book I've got (laughs) to now I've got to follow into all this uh (laughs) method stuff and Stanislavski and Strasbourg and yeah it's the only way to act and then when I got there uh, yeah, I kind of... It wasn't It wasn't straightforward for me. I don't think I was used to... It. It's okay reading it, but then you actually have to do it. Yeah. But there was a low... I mean, the Drama Centre was an extraordinary place and it... And it, um, it well, I've got this one person who did particularly well in Group 19. I know when you spoke to Kirsty, you said, uh, oh, was there anybody, you know, anybody that yeah famous? And then you went off on a tangent. But... Um, Yeah, I was in a year with somebody that I just, you just knew straight away. Oh my God, they're going to do well. Um, Which was Colin Firth. Wow. So he, yeah, you just knew from day one. You could tell. You just tell. Mm -hmm. And then, but uh, he was a a good person to be around. And I'd actually, I'd met him before we went to Drama Centre. And I, before I went to Drama Centre, I worked in National Theatre, box office Um. in London which was kind of after drum after school Mm -hmm. I found my way into this amazing world of the National Theatre box office which was great because I just got to see every show
0: amazing so cool
1: oh it was so I mean it was just an opportunity to see like four or five shows a week and to see the beginnings of things like the the very first performance of Amadeus, and I just thought, I am seeing something here yeah. that's extraordinary, and, and Warren Mitchell doing Death of a Salesman, and, and sitting in the canteen with all these people, and well, actually Simon Callow was one of the people that was at the, at, um, the National Theatre at the time, but he also went to Drama Centre.
0: Yeah, and he was in Amadeus.
1: And he was in Amadeus. Yeah, yeah. So that was really, it was a great opportunity to meet loads of actors just really informally mm. in like the canteen at the National Theatre. I always thought that was an extraordinary place where you know, just great actors were in there. Um I was going to say Philip Schofield then I didn't mean Philip Schofield I meant Paul, Paul Schofield. Schofield nothing wrong with Philip Schofield not but well you're not all loving me mean. he just had a little puppet on his hand and I don't Weird, know what he was it? doing you oh, doing
0: Othello with a puppet on his yeah. hand i Dr. Doolittle Julie Andrews voice was coming from under the table <laughs> um, and you know that Callow started in the box office as well
1: yeah and Simon Callow started he in the box he wrote to shop.
0: Olivia and said I want to work on this yeah, oh, yeah I I've love read this. the book I've read the I book want to do, I want to be doing it yeah just like you
1: so I really thought this is this is it but was Firth wasn't what well, he wasn't famous at, at right. that point. Um, and then I found out that he was working in the wardrobe department. Oh, well, we didn't really, we didn't, and then we went, Oh, we're both going to Drama Center, that's an extraordinary thing. Um, and then there's then arriving at Drama Center and having this kind of, Oh, this is the world of method. And there was one, there was, um, we were doing uh, doing King Lear. And I was playing the fool in Lear. And it was like a second year show. So Lear was split up into three different actors. Mm-hmm. And Colin was doing the first, the first part of Lear. And because it was a method school, Colin came up with this thing like, well, right, what we'll do is we'll all go off to the country and we'll take a tent. And we'll go. To, my parents live out in the country somewhere. I can't remember where it was. Like it wasn't Glastonbury, but it was somewhere with a like some spiritual oh, hill. Yeah. Sure, sure. So we went out there and uh, we took a tent. <laughs> and we thought it's gonna it's you know, there's gonna it's gonna be a storm, we're gonna be up there raging <laughs> against the storm. I'm gonna be up being a being doing the full thing of and course. supporting him in the pouring rain and all the drama and uh, we got a tent up there and there was the three leers and, and me. And uh, it was absolutely still. There was no- Sun splitting the sky. Sun split in the <laughs> sky. We just sat up there all night and it was absolutely still not a gust of wind and me going around the tent every now and then with a penny whistle playing some sort of little Shakespearean ditty. <laughs> So we ended up sitting in the tent drinking the whiskey, and mm-hmm. you know, and that's the. And then we went back, obviously. And what they was like, so what was it like? What was that whole experience like? And like, oh, it, it, we were in touch with the earth. We, were, we got out of the city and we touched the earth. And we think that'll bring us closer to the natural elements of the play.
0: That's what I did a lot of at drama school. Got sent away to do an exercise and ended up drinking whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> and it's come back, how did it go? And I've just got a hangover. I'm like, oh, it was very affecting. <laughs> <and laughs> I feel terrible. Just oh, to, be, to be young, you know.
1: Well, those strange experiences of, of the, the, the method world. Yeah. So, so it didn't really suit you in the way that you no, thought it would. I think I might have been too, there were some things that were great, but I think I was too young. Yeah, just I think it was slightly immature—not immature. Just, just hadn't had like a world of experience, which I sort of now would always encourage yeah. young actors to have this kind of build up. A sort of build up a bank of experiences,
0: have a life, live, love have a life. I yeah. think
1: that's really, I think that's really crucial. And I, I thought I had. I'd worked at the National. The national theater box office for a year i'd seen all these great shows of course yeah um you know and certainly that year had been a really informative year for me but i was still quite young so at the end of my experience at drama center didn't end happily because they had this thing where they kicked people out if they you were interviewed every year and you would wait for that list to go up wow of like who's going to get an interview and if you got an interview, it tended not to be a good thing. Well, maybe it was a good thing. I don't know. It wasn't So not good. everyone was getting interviewed. But interview. not everybody oh. was getting interviewed. So it was absolutely horrific. Actually talking about it, I can... In a, in a method-like way, I can feel myself looking at that board and seeing my name and knowing this Oof. is going to be good. So after, I sort of did a, you know, every now and then you'd, you'd give a performance. They'd be like, dog me out. I've done a good one here. <laughs> my fool in Lear. ah, oh, that was oh, the one. That penny whistle. That penny whistle. It and, and I had a Rubrics Cube as well. That was oh. so, God, it was so inventive. And um, <laughs> then, um, then... I, well, I there was I going there? So oh, the list went up. So the list went up. Right. So the list went up, and and it was the end of the second year, and that was the really serious. That oh, was yeah. it. You know, you, you could be on, you could be out, and unfortunately, when I went in for my interview, the uh, Christopher who, uh, who who was the principal then went Neil. We, we, it's not like we're not quick you're okay, you're sort of talented, you can do something, but you're a character actor. We don't really know how to, we don't really know how to cast you. Um, So this is the end of the road, you know, and, um, you know, you need to watch it because you could, you know, if if you can see it through, I remember them going, if you can see it through until you say 40, and then you can be a character actor at 40, 45. I mean, you'll probably end up working in Tesco's. But if you can see it through. Presumably I you're they, 20 at this point. I'm 20 So they're saying, point. just hang on for 20 years. Just hang on for 20 years. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and if you can hang on, you'll have a career. And I was like, this just blew my mind. and I was, yeah. I was totally, totally devastated. I don't think I've ever been, well, you can hear now, I don't think I've ever been able to forgive them for that. Yeah. And I've held that in the back of my Minds, because you'd never, you'd never get away with that now. Because oh. I, I wasn't, I wasn't like a bad student or anything. You hadn't done I wasn't anything wrong. No, yeah. I just hadn't quite ticked a box. I wasn't mm. Colin Firth. I wasn't about to be in like I wasn't a public school boy. I wasn't. I don't know. I just didn't fit, and I kind of knew that I didn't fit. Mm. But the thing is, and on a positive note that we all wanted to work at the Citizen's Theatre. Drama Centre and the Citizen's Theatre were sort of aligned. Mm. The principal at Drama Centre, Christopher, who was quite fierce and quite kind of, quite, he was quite a character. And I did learn stuff from him. We didn't, I wouldn't say we got on, but I, I certainly learned stuff from him. But he got on with Giles and okay. there was this, you all wanted to work there because the sits was so bohemian and decadent and yeah they all, they all did wacky things up at the, you know oh, yeah. Glasgow and, and actually the money was always quite good and you could be part of this ensemble and that's oh, amazing and um, I was really chuffed that actually that's where I ended up working after all that after all mm-hmm. that of going you know trying to be an actor and putting myself through all that I've always felt very fortunate Colin Firth, on the other hand, has never worked at the Citizens theater Poor a (laughs) bugger. Isn't it? I mean, it's dreadful. I I don't know what happened to his career. It it really knows that at that point. It just, it, it did. And I actually, at one point, I got an email address for him and I emailed him and we hadn't had any contact for quite a long time. And I emailed him going, well, you know, you may have had this big fucking successful <laughs> career, but I ended up working at the Citizens theater and have done for twenty years. Never emailed me back. Oh, the rude! See, uh, do, do you not remember the night that we played our? We, we went him. up on the hill with the tent. To forget that. <laughs> I know, but it was he. Um, he got in. He got in touch, or I'd I'd gone up for a job, a TV thing. It was called Donovan Quick. It was filmed, Good. it was many, many years ago, and it was going to be on at Christmas or New Year, something like that. Uh, but he'd got in touch and said, uh, he'd seen my name in the production office and I'd got a little part on it. My, I'd asked uh, my agent at the time, oh, I understand Colin's going to be in this thing. I'd mm-hmm. like to catch up with a friend. Is that, you know, could I be seen for this? No, no, no. And I was seen for it. And then I went to the interview with the director and I went, oh, my pal, Colin's going to be in this. His only chance, you know, I'd I'd really like that. I'd be really good. Uh, not being pushy in any way whatsoever. And then I was offered a small part in the show and the script came through. And I saw what, what role I had. It wasn't like the lead because Colin had that. Otherwise you would. But otherwise, obviously, <laughs> I was here. And then... Um, and so Colin had seen my picture in the production office and went oh that's great i need to get in touch with Neil so he got in touch he got in touch with me and um, he said oh well, can we can we go out for dinner and i said oh, that's great mm-hmm. and he said well and then he phoned me back and went really sorry the director wants to come out to dinner with me, with us as well and maybe we could discuss our scene and i like, i oh, really uh, Colin i actually don't think we should discuss our scene I don't have that many lines I don't, i'm not sure that's <laughs> going to be worthwhile experience <laughs> <laughs> and then and then um and then uh, it come the day, so we went out to dinner and i met the director and, and it was a lovely evening and that's great to see him and spoke all sorts of things but then um come the day of the shoot we're in i think we're in dumbarton and there's like a train tunnel not with the train going through it but like a walk a path tunnel right right And um, I've had to. I'm almost at the character, I'm sort of, my character is i had to choose my costume you know Like i went along to a rack and went oh yeah you know that kind of not no i wasn't i wasn't presented with a lovely costume of course i, I was playing homeless person number two after all <laughs> and me hey, and it's a, better than number three it's better than number three but I'm not it's good as number one no <laughs> and there was this actress angela chadwick who actually used to work at the sets quite a lot she was playing homeless person number one oh. and we were sort of laughing about this and we were on our Honestly, we were on our knees playing homeless person number one and number two in the tunnel. And at the end of the tunnel, there's this bright light and Colin comes down dressed in an amazing, I don't know if it was a Marnie suit or a Paul Smith or some (laughs) incredible suit (laughs) with a briefcase full of money. And he's being very philanthropic and handing out money to homeless people on the way oh, as he has. Right. So he gets to me and he's handing me money and my line is gonna give us some money, mister. And I was like, oh, that is it, isn't it? I uh, w- w- This is totally showing where we are with our careers. <laughs> <laughs> and then I waited for that shot. I thought, was it like a Christmas or something? And my mum and dad were there and we're like, oh, we're gonna watch Colin and oh, you're in well. Right. That's good. I was cut. Oh no! I didn't even make the. I didn't even make the credits. Nor did homeless person number one. They just cut that scene. Wow! So I. It was. It's <laughs> a long story. But. <laughs> but you're not better. No, not at all. Not no. at all. Not at all. Because he never worked at the sets.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um So you you did come out of drama center early, but you did then get get an agent and and start yeah. to work.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And I did, I I worked for a bit. There was, I mean, profit share was a really big thing in London in kind of the early, in the early 80s. And you got opportunities to, you know, there was, even the Fimber Arms, which I think Kirsty also referred to, um, was like a small profit share thing or the old Red Lion in Islington. And profit share was kind of the way you got to meet writers and Mm -hmm. new directors and you always hoped that They were going to go on to oh, work at the Royal Court, and then they'd deploy, then they'd employ so you. I remember that guy the from Royal the Red Court. Line? Yeah. That's exactly what. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, what yeah. you hoped for. Yeah, um, but really, rarely did that happen. Um,
0: Presumably, rarely you made any money as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, profit share. I love the fact that it's called profit share because, because you just many. there isn't it, yeah, yeah. you just spend all your well, don money at the time yeah. on trying to get across London to rehearse <laughs> in some godforsaken <laughs> place. <laughs> yeah. Um, with, the, with the hope of something At the end of the With the hope but, It's just so, But I suppose You're sort of Also it's, it's better to do that Than sit around And be miserable And moan about your fate And the fact that Yeah do you know that Colin Firth is elevating himself <laughs> to this?
0: <laughs> so everyone signed on and in that sense, like in Withnail and I, where they say, you know, it's, all the actors do it as trendy. Yeah, Everyone's Everyone exactly. signed on then. It was
1: very much like, that's so yeah. funny because it's really changed, hasn't it? It has yeah, changed a bit because really it, Withnail and I was such a key, that was such a cult film at the yeah, time yeah. because I think we could all, a lot of us could kind of relate to that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was yeah, because that was. I think that was made around that time, although it was set in the sixties. I think it was made it, in the eighties. Yeah,
1: yeah. It still had that feel. It was still totally that relatable. Yeah, um, but it made it look so much more interesting and so much more glamorous and so much more yeah. bohemian. And well, know.
0: it's because everything they said was a quotable. Like, yeah, like they talked in hilarious lines. Yeah, like, absolutely. Which is not like real life. <laughs> which isn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you think, oh,
1: that looks great. Yeah. Um, so you were you were doing Profit Share plays, you were doing a bit of telly And then I was doing bits, I did bits of telly uh, Not the Colin, that other thing, the Donovan Quick thing Was mm-hmm. when, I, when I came up, when I moved up to Glasgow Right And then I did a little bit of rep at Chester, in Chester And uh, did, um, I will play Kiss of the Spider Woman Which mm-hmm. was a very popular sort of two-hander Manuel Actually, Puch. Yeah, mm. exactly, yeah Carlo
0: talks about that too I'm a little
1: That's bit obsessed it. with him. I know, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was—he had a huge influence actually on me. I think he was—he was in the first show that I ever saw at the National Theatre, which was *As You Like It*, mm-hmm. and I was really overwhelmed by him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know he has some irritating—some people find him really irritating. I think he's—he's he's a bit sort of marmite, isn't he? I think it's some love some hate with him. Yeah, definitely. Um, I,
0: I am on the the love side. You're
1: on the love side. Yeah. yeah. He just has such a great laugh. Well. A great laugh or a really irritating laugh. It depends how you feel. Yeah, but I think he's
0: a, r- a really nice fella as well. I yeah, t- I interviewed yeah. him for this. Yeah, no, I listened just, to that. He was a
1: joy to talk to. Really yeah. nice guy. He's so. Uh, he, I mean, he does come across as so open and yeah, so yeah, totally open. Yeah, uh, yeah, and his his whole Dickens thing. I think is I've never seen that show. Oh, I love it. But have you seen it?
0: I saw it live. It was it was the beginning of my obsession with one person plays. I saw it when I was about fifteen in the, the Theatre Royal in Glasgow oh. I was touring and ever since then I have i mean uh, there was a time when I could recite it like I was oh, obsessed incredible. with it Neil I've got the audio I've got the DVD <laughs> and I talked to him about it and I was like trying to pretend like I didn't know the stories you know what I mean because <laughs> I've listened to his autobiography so many times I was like oh really is that true I'm like I know exactly ah, what the
1: story is wow. <laughs> totally obsessed yeah but the that... Dickens thing was, was amazing that's a. It's it's so fascinating. Sorry, it's just another tangent. But last night I was, um, I'm sort of starting to look at. I was, reading, I was reading a bit of Oscar Wilde, ah, as you do. As you I'm preparing for a workshop and mm. I was reading a bit of Importance of Being Earnest. And then I watched the Stephen Fry film. Yeah. And then you, as you, you know, you go down that tunnel and you go, oh, well, interviews with Stephen Fry about Oscar Wilde. Mm. And there was a fantastic interview that he does in Jaipur, um, at a book flit, well, literary festival. Uh-huh. and it's that fascination of that you know like Simon Callow's thing about Dickens yeah. and the way that Stephen Fry talks about Oscar Wilde just heralds him as just this oh, I thought it was I thought it was fascinating and I'm really sort of curious to read That's great. more
0: well i tell you what would be good uh, I've just finished reading is Rupert Everett's book uh, To the End of the World it's called and it's a memoir about him making a film
1: about Oscar oh. Wilde that's my next film actually great. to watch. Actually, yeah, it's the, the, the and and the book because obviously and Rupert Everett's another and as another a citizen,
0: yeah, exactly. So it all comes together.
1: And somebody who was very fond of Colin Firth. See, there <laughs> yeah. you go. Amazing. <laughs> <mean, isn't>. uh, <laughs> um, and as pl- Colin Firth appearing in the Oscar Wilde thing. I think he does. He yeah, he's yeah, done it. Yeah. He does.
0: Hasn't he? he gets a lot of mention in the book. So. Yeah. Um
1: where did we go? Where were we there? I think I want to know uh, when and why you moved to Scotland. Oh right, okay. <laughs> so my career was I was doing bits of profit share mm-hmm. and I did this uh, I did uh Kiss of the Spider Woman, which was a really interesting play to do. Um oh no, actually this was before um I, hmm. Sorry, I'd lost the train of where I was in time scale there. <laughs> it. It's really easy to go, oh, yeah, was this before or was this after? Um, on my very first paid professional job, I um, was doing a show called Bloody English Garden, which was sort of set in Thatcherite Britain. Um, and I was playing a skinhead I had 18 whole Dr. Martin boots, had a Mohican haircut. And I can you I see that? T- can you see that? Yeah, yeah. I can Obviously see it that. would be a grey Mohican now, but <laughs> and no. But um and we were on tour and we came to Glasgow with this show and did it at the Tron. And I met somebody while I was here. Ah. And um and then we travelled backwards and forwards over the next few years between London and Glasgow on that stagecoach, that great stagecoach that actually at the time used to be uh, the suitors used to. He used to drive it, and she used to hand out the hand out the uh, orange juice and the wow. egg sandwich and the caramel wafer or something that you'd. So it was a family get. affair. Yeah, it was a family affair. Wow. He used to drive it, and you'd get it from King's Cross. You'd get it from Kings Cross at like 11 o'clock at night and you'd arrive in Glasgow at six o'clock in the morning. And me and my girlfriend at the time did, well, she's now my partner and mm-hmm. the relationship continued. Whether we would do that journey now or not to see each other <laughs> is definitely another story. <laughs> it might break you at this point. I would totally, but we'd never, it would never happen now. <laughs> no. But at the time when it's all new and fresh, oh, yeah. that that journey, we did that every every second week, one of us would do that journey. And I loved escaping to Glasgow because things weren't necessarily, you know, in London. It There was always interesting, because there was interesting things. But I loved coming, I loved coming to Glasgow. I loved going to the Tron. Mm-hmm. She worked at the Tron behind the bar and in the box office there. So that would always be my first point of call. Sure, sure. And you know, and you'd be able to see, I don't know, there's Craig Ferguson and- um, Capaldi was there at the time, and was And Capaldi was there and Alan Cummings and Forbes Mass and, and do, wow. them, them doing all their stuff. Mm-hmm. And Comunicado was really big and Jerry Moore grew in Communicado. And I was like, I, I think it was, Mary Queen of Scots got her head chopped off, or something. It was one of those shows mm-hmm. that I just thought that's the kind of company I, I really want to do that. But mm-hmm. obviously, you know, I'm English, so how's that going? How's that going to work? And I know at the time there were a lot of English people working in Scotland, which was maybe slightly tricky at the time. I don't know. And certainly, at the sets, there was a lot of English people. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was sort of quite a controversial thing, I suppose. But uh, I absolutely, as well as my partner, I absolutely loved Glasgow and just eventually, I knew that she wasn't gonna move to London. And I just took that leap of faith and went, oh, I'm gonna move to, I'm gonna give it that shot. Sure. And just took this big leap of faith and going, oh, I'm gonna move to Glasgow. This was kind of 80, maybe eighty, eight, eighty nine. Did your agent have something to say about that? I didn't really care. I don't think she really cared about me either. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't that. I gave you re- some freedom. I don't really. Yeah, I don't really think she was that bothered. Mm-hmm. Um, there were so many actors in London that yeah. she could just have the pick of the crop. Yeah. Um, so I didn't. Uh, yeah. And it was a big leap of faith, but I it just felt like the right thing to do. And then it is that thing that I suppose Glasgow is a smaller, you know, it's a smaller place. You can you get, you can get to speak to people more easily. And, you know, I imagine that I was gonna work at the SITS as an actor, and I think I got an interview, I think I got an audition quite early on, mm. and I can see myself um, at this audition, at the, at the top of the rake, you know, the SITS mm-hmm. stage has infamously had this really steep rake and I can picture myself at the top of this right, about to start whatever this speech was that I thought, oh, it's quite, you know, it's, this, is, this is quite a challenging speech, they'll really like this, this is quite, mm-hmm. this is quite sitsy. I'm sure it was rubbish, <laughs> absolutely. As I, can, as I yeah, came yeah. down stage and I could see Giles and I think Kenny Miller and John Pope, I don't know, I could see this gang at the back and it was like, I just disappeared down a hole it just it was really kind of you know one of those but but then I went out into the foyer and Lynn Pullen, who was the uh, company manager at the time, gave me this beautiful big book of photographs of old Sitz productions, oh wow, which is really gorgeous, and um. And it was like a, oh, it was like getting a Cracker Jack pencil. Oh, it's a, that's, a, that's a retro point of reference. A Blue Peter badge? A Blue Peter badge. Okay. It was like, we'll no, nah, you win a Blue Peter badge, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a Blue Peter badge, but you get given this thing as, yes, it's a consolation prize. Oh, I see. It was a consolation, but it was a lovely thing, but you could, this is what you could have had. This is yeah. what you could have won. Gold. <laughs> <laughs> but I dug that out recently and the images are really wonderful. Mm. Um. And you sort of think back to shows that I had seen in the past when I'd been to Glasgow prior to moving to Glasgow and seen uh, uh, Jean Genet's, I think it was the screens that Giles was in and Celia Imry was in and Tim Roth was in and it just being just a, a wonderful, a wonderful world. Amazing um but that's
0: i mean you don't get consolation prizes now you no you don't, a, you don't get a given a book of photographs
1: you'd be lucky if you get an email <laughs> <You will. laughs> so that's not bad would. going do you um do you keep well i know i used to keep all the letters of rejection um well they're all emails
0: now so oh they're all emails of course and, of course. and most of them know, if it's a rejection yeah. it's you don't hear anything
1: yeah that's true sometimes that's you get an email true.
0: forwarded from your agent that said we didn't we went in a different direction but we wanted to specifically note that Brian was great yeah and <laughs> like, did you put that in a special file yeah
1: thanks very so much I to do a fuck <laughs> 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 I you think I used to stack all the letters did you? The, there was there was ones that was just like of a blank nothing yeah and ones where somebody had actually signed it not necessarily the director Someone. but somebody had hand signed it <laughs> and then those that were just slightly more personal keep that in a separate file keep that in a separate because yeah. that could mean work one day. One day yeah, that yeah. will lead to something.
0: So at some point you start you change direction. Yeah. Because you've you've now you've been with the sets for a long time working with community yeah. groups, the young company. Yeah. Which uh, obviously I want to hear about,
1: but how did that change of direction come about? Um in uh I'd worked up here i I when I first came up here, obviously I was we were I was unemployed for a while, I was still trying to find my feet up here. But I um weirdly I got a job in childcare. Mm-hmm. And somebody had said to me, oh, I can get you this. And I you know, hadn't earned money for a while. And I thought, oh, I better start earning some money. And, but I thought I had this job in childcare and working in a what was then called a children's home on the south side of Glasgow. And uh, I thought, oh, I'm going to take drama and I'm going to take play to these children. And right. kind of a little shift of kind of like, oh, this is, it was much harder than I thought it was. They, I, the idea of taking play and like, to right. these to these um young people was really difficult they're obviously from really difficult circumstances it was a massive learning curve and i think me also shifting into the world of glasgow in a way i don't know it That's just a gave me a, yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. it gave me a kind of a it was hard i mean i wasn't it was a very difficult time but then uh, this now seems must seem so ancient to you, but Glasgow City of Culture 1990 came along.
0: I remember it only because of the episode of Rab C. Nesbitt, which was based on Oh, it. that's right. But I, I was born in '85, so like I was all oh, right, you aware were aware of it, but but, yeah. I wasn't but I wasn't taking part, oh,
1: no, you <laughs> I wasn't doing any
0: bit, I wasn't at the Tron or anything,
1: no. And you weren't in Peter Brooks Mahabharata,
0: no. But again, I'm aware of it, the yeah. Tra- yeah. It was the tramway, wasn't it? Yeah, it yeah. was,
1: it was. A, it was one of the most amazing, if, if I was to name like one production, that would be it. I really? thought Mahabharata blew my mind. I thought it was, I didn't see anything like it. And you sat, I didn't see it all in one sitting because you could see it from, you could see it in in like its whole nine hours and start at night, start like in the evening and then finish up in the morning. Was it overnight? I think was it was overnight. Maybe it was during the day. I don't know. But they it was a long thing. How cool. But it was but I didn't do it like that. You could also do it over three nights mm-hmm. and I think that was the only ticket I could get and I sat in the front row and I was just blown away by there was fire and water and all sorts of glorious things going on and the history of the Hindu religion, which is mm-hmm. an extraordinary thing. Um, so I was very lucky to be around during City of Culture. And then there was, there was pockets of money to do different kinds of work and kind of community, commu- more community-orientated work. Mm-hmm. And somebody asked me to do a piece of theatre in a care home and about the history of their care home which is loads of those kind of projects were happening at the time and that really drew me into like something else right and i thought um i just found something interesting about people's stories and and it was a different approach and there was a long journey before uh before i sort of arrived at the sits of other being involved in youth theatres and working at Cumbernauld Theatre oh, worked, yeah. worked at Cumbernauld Theatre for a long time I loved Cumbernauld Theatre I know it's sort of shifted yeah, it's, it's shifted changed, now yeah. it's a
0: pretty nice setup. Oh, I've not seen this I've not seen the new
1: it's space amazing yeah but,
0: but, but you do lose that kind of strange little ramshackle three cottages stuck together thing. Oh, I loved it. I yeah. really
1: felt an affinity yeah. with uh, with Cumbernauld Theatre and I worked there quite a lot. Were uh, you there, sorry to interrupt, yeah, were no. you there around
0: the time that, that John Style was working there a lot? Because he did uh, a lot of work there in his early days. I mean, yeah. I know he passed recently.
1: I know he did and actually I w- would have known John Style more from when he was at, because he was at Tron quite a lot. Yeah, that's true. As well. Because
0: he talked about Capaldi and... and um, Craig Ferguson, Ferguson. And stuff when he did panto yeah. there, so I think I probably
1: time. saw quite a lot of those. Cool, quite a lot of th- that kind of stuff, and also um, 784 stuff, and yeah. and Wildcat was all kicking off. Um, so yeah, worked a lot at Combernold, and then and then this opportunity came up. I was walking with a friend, Guy Hollands. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were walking our children around Queen's Park on the south side. And there'd been this advert for a Goebbels drama worker at the Citizen's Theatre. And we'd both seen it. And he was a, he was more a director and I was more coming from the sort of the history of being an, being an actor. Mm-hmm. And we thought, oh, maybe we could apply for this job together. And the job was called... Uh, Goebbels drama worker at the time, really glamorous, glamorous, <laughs> glamorous title, title yeah. glamorous. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and uh, but we applied for we applied for this job and and got it. So we job shared. All oh, right. For a good few years, which was which is uh, we say I say that we job shared. We probably didn't. We did loads of stuff. We, we forgot both about. We probably both worked full time yeah. and just forgot about that whole job sharing thing. But I actually couldn't, but it was a time when Giles was still then Philip Prowse mm. and Robert David McDonald. I didn't see much of Robert David MacDonald, but it was great to have been around at the time when Giles and Philip were making this big shift at the sits. You have mm. to be really careful how you say that, don't you? Shift a shift at, at the, the sits. sits. <laughs> and this big shift that was taking place there, but kind of fascinating to witness. And also here early conversations of oh i think we're going to do something about the about redeveloping the building do you know and hearing those early yeah. you know maybe that was a few years down the line but it but also then the introduction of community theatre at the at the sits which was kind of a new thing obviously the sits is in um do you know it's in in gorbals in g5 um and and historically, you know that is a really interesting area for the th- for a theatre that's producing this kind of classical work mm. to be in, but really owned by the obviously a building that's really owned by the local people and mm. and and respected. Um, so I absolutely was blown away by the fact that I was I was working at the sits and all these great actors were around and on a Friday afternoon everybody would come in for a Friday lunchtime everybody would come in for like their fish tea and <laughs> it was just it was it was a lot of fantastic fantastic time but I think it took me a while to kind of fit in and the idea of community theater at the sits was sort of a quite a new thing right my colleague guy had kind of introduced it a, a little bit of the little bit um he'd done Two big shows, um, and you've done a Brecht piece and a David Mamet piece. With the community group. With the community group. Right. And that was kind of quite groundbreaking for the that was really groundbreaking for the sits. And then when I came on board, it all we you know, it, it all kind of tumbled and we were looking for new we were looking for new money and the community company set up as like a solid, a solid entity right and then the young company a little bit further down the line um and uh it, I, there's so many that i think the community company is something that both guy and i were really and all the people that worked at the at work at the sets were really kind of proud of and have done so many extraordinary you know like i well, thinking about the sort of the opportunity of working at the sets going all the way back to like a drama center mm. I never thought I'd get to direct anything on the set stage mm. that was in uh, and uh, myself and a colleague uh, Ellie Goodman directed um, uh, well Grapes of Wrath mm-hmm. with a huge community cast of people that some people had never done any drama before you know we're working with people that maybe had addiction issues or people that would been caught up in the criminal justice system in Mm. some way Mm. or people that were just interested in doing a show at the SITS, and that's kind of the basis of the community company is that it's pulls together all these sort of diverse people into the one place to create something really positive um and i think grapes of wrath and they shoot horses don't they was kind of the first Oh, it wasn't the ice cream dreams that guy directed was the first sort of big main scale community show Uh um helen mcalpine was in that oh wow somebody else can't remember and but supported by this massive community cast I think there was like 50 people in that as there were in They Shoot Horses and Grapes of Wrath. Um, and then we did loads of other, loads of other community shows out with that. Or oh, there was always a like a professional in there as well. George mm-hmm. Drennan's done. Yep. George Drennan did They Shoot Horses. Did he? Yeah, he did They Shoot Horses. And then Alan McHugh, was in the final show before the sits closed which was night nice to remember uh-huh. that Peter Arnott had um, Peter Arnott had written for the for the final show wow and that was great and Alan McKee was just marvelous and your colleague Cole was in that as well ah Cole, uh, Cole he, yeah he's got to get a name dropped somewhere in yeah, yeah. this yeah he's amazing
0: um so it must I can only imagine that your job becomes sort of pastoral as well at some point with people with all these different backgrounds and issues. and.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely true. It's you must really get involved uh, in all sorts yeah, of things. You, you do, you do. That's the really tricky thing because you yeah. go, oh, that should be the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. That should be it. But actually you can't help. I mean, I think that's when I think when I found the job, I found something really special and found something that totally suited me. Mm. Maybe I could have been an actor. Maybe I could have gone down that line and and stuck with it. But I think I found something, I think I'm a people person. Mm. And I think I found something that my kind of, I don't know, energy, curiosity, empathy, kind of totally fitted. And I was really, really fortunate to find that and I, you know, I'm really grateful that I found something where I can be a bit, I don't know, be me in amongst people and be, you know, be accepted and be kind of be still a massive part of the theatre world because I know, and something that I totally, totally believe is integral. You know, I think participation should just go alongside mainstream theatre i think that's a well otherwise here we
0: you know what what are we What's doing yeah and also i think i don't want to put words in your mouth but for me like to find a, a a place in that world where you can be of the best use or be of service to it
1: i think is huge as well absolutely feels like that's what you've found yeah, yeah. i i really feel like i found that and i found a a home mm. all that thing about the sits and went to be an actor and do all that it was that, that was great mm. but I really found something quite solid that sitted that that sitted that's a good word <laughs> that's not right, that sat yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sat comfortably with me yeah yeah and and I really hope and I've just the joy of watching people that have never I mean I think that's I've never had any contact with theatre before mm. finding something and being having something that they're really proud of whatever step it might they might not even get to the performance level on the main stage mm-hmm. but whatever step that is yeah. is it's going be a massive thing for people and a massive boost in their confidence and how they socialize and yeah it's one of the things with the community uh, company that it is such a mixture of diverse people from people that live in the West End to people that just it's just so diverse and those people sometimes go oh, do you know, I don't think we would have ever met Yes, yeah, if yeah. we'd not come across the community what's now known as the Community Collective and I'm really proud of that I think that's myself and um, Ellie Goodman who run the Community Collective are so uh, well we're just dead passionate about it and but we also get you know, it sounds such a cliché. But we get such a lot from it as well. I know it kind of feeds my kind of energy mm. and creativity <laughs> and, yeah. and madness.
0: well, Otherwise, I don't think you could keep doing it for so long.
1: Yeah, yeah, It's rewarding, yeah. surely. Absolutely. But the most, you know, and I think that as we're looking towards the sit's kind of reopening, I'm so excited about the possibility of taking new people into the building I think that's yeah. a really oh my god I'm so that's just gonna be such a big deal for the local community and for the theatre community and you know it's just it feels like there's a sort of a, a hole in Scottish theatre at the moment there's yeah. this there's this space missing um, well
0: it must have been a, a strange couple of years between the pandemic and the sets being renovated so you've been over at Tramway then you weren't anywhere yeah i mean how's that been how's that affected your wing of work
1: yeah that was we we were based at scotland street school museum
0: oh were you right um so you were i rehearsed there once and that's where i first met cole oh right believe it or not but crossing (laughs) over into like we're using this room now or something
1: yeah oh because it was a little tiny room downstairs at scotland street school which was kind of used as a rehearsal room ah
0: I was doing a development in there, a tiny little room where you come in and you come up a little ramp. You've got that divider to your right. Yeah, and you've got those
1: scary characters, those children. Yes. Do you remember the little? Yeah. That, who were oh, you? Oh, I thought they were real. I mean, strange they just made little so frozen many. in time. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, that's where I met. Cole, So you were like, based there for. So we were based there for a couple. Mm, well, that's maybe, before the pandemic. Yeah, that's even. before the pandemic, maybe a year and mm-hmm. a bit. I was actually I was thinking of that on the way over, here, and I really can't remember how long we were there. Mm. Felt like quite a long time, but maybe it was only a maybe it was only a year. But we'd sort of made it our home and we sort of knew how the building worked. Yeah. Um it had issues, but everybody knew it and uh and it gave us a base, whereas now well, we've got this place, Skills Academy. Oh, which we'll it's talk about, the funniest and name. Have been there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Skills Academy. And everybody thinks that's to do with theatre. And it's, no, it doesn't have anything to do with no. that. It's to do with... It's a funny little place, isn't it? It is a funny place. But we're also, I suppose, very grateful for it yeah. because it's close to the close to the sits. Mm-hmm. And at least it has one space that you can kind of use. Yeah. Um, which is strangely in the middle of the
0: circular corridors yeah oh yeah isn't it? it's it really goes round. Odd. you
1: don't know which side you're <laughs> at it's really weird and then there's odd rooms that there's odd rooms that have like because of what it was initially and in that it was for uh apprenticeships for oh, was that the what local it right. apprenticeships for local people i think yeah. you know that are going to be involved in the redevelopment of the gobbles mm-hmm. there was there's fake things like taps and sinks that don't work oh but it's just to work on on. (laughs) and then there's windows that look like they have gardens but they don't look which is sort of makes it quite theatrical in a way it's always very (laughs) strange but we've sort of everybody's adapted particularly like the production side have really kind of adapted into that building Mm -hmm. um it used to be school actually there's still elements of saint john's school um so strange. It is very so strange. So dare I ask, do we know when the sets is going to be opening again? Yeah, I think it'll be this time next year, but I, I feel like I've been saying that for <laughs> a long time. I say that every year, Brian. It just keeps going. Yeah. Next no, but genuinely genuinely, I I think we're saying this time next year the company will be moving in. Whether that means there's a show or not, but I think the sure. doors will be open this time next year i feel like i'm i'm not really saying that that confidently but you know how these things are i think you never think the outside of the building because when you i go past it quite a lot and the outside of the building that looks great that's really coming on scaffolding's coming down yeah the fly towers now on but then when you go into the main body of the kirk Mm. There's, you know, every time a brick gets moved, something else shifts, and yeah. you know, and loads of unexpected things have come up along with the pandemic. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I. Uh, but what an, what a gift to the, you know, the to the Goebels, I think. Yeah. When oh, yeah. all the redevelopment of the Gorbals is done, and it's kind of like the icing on the cake of this building opening up, and welcoming these people into into it again How exciting
0: absolutely absolutely
1: can't
0: yeah I, can't I miss like going there yeah you know, that's a huge part of being in, involved in Scottish theatre I mean as an audience member I miss going there Tramway's all very
1: well but yeah it's not it's not my bag at all it's not like hanging around that sort of awkward bar in no. the middle of it. <laughs> <Love> <laughs> it it's just and I think it's all those it's all those quirks of the sets that I hope still exist. Yeah, yeah, of course. And well, the theatre's
0: going to still... Yeah, that's,
1: that's going to look right? the same. Yeah, which is great because it's, it's so beautiful. It is, but you don't want it to be... I just don't want it to be too sanitised yeah. backstage as well. Uh, I think there's something about that backstage area and the yeah. the, leak, the leaks and the... Oh, I don't want those. <laughs> I don't want that. I know, but it's a, it's a
0: delicate balance, isn't it? It is, yeah. Because when places get really done up... And then it's like just this—it's almost like a hospital or something. Yeah, absolutely. Clinical, you know.
1: I'm totally going to miss the door that says "rehearsal" spelt wrong. (laughs) I didn't know that. (laughs) There's a a door that when you go up, I I, I can't remember where it is. Where you go up to, maybe to where the wardrobe used to be. Mm -hmm. But it it had—it was like half a door, but it had rehearsal and it's spelt wrong. Brilliant. And and it's just those quirks that I think and the you know the the paint frame, which will still be there. And I think, right. you know, the fact that you're gonna get access to all those heritage bits of the building mm. and see the backstage of the theater, the back of the theater more than you've ever done before. I think that's gonna be a, a real, you know, that's, that's, what we, that's what we love, isn't it? That's gonna be yeah, so exciting. Everybody wants to know what goes on. Yeah. I love taking people around the theatre. I think that's so thrilling, and you just take it for granted. And then, especially youngsters, like if they've yeah. seen a show or
0: they're yeah. about to see it, and then you're able to say, t- "This is back here," and this is kind of how some of the magic works. Oh, it's because when I was a kid, I would just give anything for that. Yeah,
1: I was fascinated by it all. You know, I still am. Well, and that's the thing about my other well, one of the other big groups that I run, the Young Company, which mm-hmm. Cole has been a <laughs> member of, um, but uh, the Young Company is a crucial part of my being as well and i've mm-hmm. seen it. it's for 18 to 23 year olds and it's for I suppose for that gap where you leave kind of youth theater and you know or leave school and right you're not really sure what you're gonna do you know you or you think oh i'm definitely gonna get into the conservatoire and then maybe you don't get into the sure. conservatoire or um and uh but to be able to take those i mean there's sort of feels like there's two generations of the young company that have never been into the Mm. never been into the citizens theatre
0: and you really want them to be in there so you really want them
1: to be in there and to show them all those different I mean I have this thing that although I trained to be an actor I ended up in a totally different world Mm. Um, and not everybody is going to end up being an actor but you might find something else that lets you be part of that world through through being in that building you through may be able being to in see that, that building yeah. you might you yeah. might find that thing that you might want you might go oh you know i like marketing you might find that you Who want knows? to work backstage in you know lighting and sound and all those other mysterious areas that yeah. people ha- are so skilled in but i think when you're at school you don't really you don't really pick up on those jobs no there's so
0: much more going
1: on yeah i, I mean I, I would it. say every trade Yes. is in a theatre. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: The, all um, those people that were at the Skills Academy, get them over. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Neil, it's so great to talk to you. Thank uh, you very much for, for coming at long last. I
1: uh, know. Thank you, Brian. I've really, really enjoyed chatting to you and kind of reliving all that, that kind of time. Cheers.
0: Well, I don't know about you, but that conversation gave me life didn't you feel that just that kind of that creative buzz one of the reasons I do this the one of the reasons I do the podcast but broadly one of the the reasons I'm in this business is that that kind of feeling I suppose where um the creative juices are flowing you feel inspired you want to do new stuff and it just I just don't get it anywhere else but when I sit and have these conversations I'm reminded constantly of why I do this stuff um and I come away from them these conversations, wanting to do more, wanting to to work harder, to push into new areas, um, excited to go and see theatre, excited to stay in this business and keep doing it for the rest of my life. Neil did that for me and I really hope he did that for you too. Um, What a a blessing to have a chat with him and to have this platform to talk to you. Thanks so much for listening, for supporting the show. Keep doing it, keep telling your pals, keep listening. We've got more episodes coming. It's not over, it's not even close. This is episode 261 and we are just going to keep going. Thanks very much for listening. Thanks to Neil for coming in and for you to for keeping me in your wee ears um, and I hope that you're well and you're safe and you're drinking your water and you're looking after yourself. Keep smiling stay creative and uh, I'll just say what I always say at the end cheerio now.